Hello, and welcome to Finding You, a podcast from New York Institute of Technology's Office of Admissions, dedicated to helping students find the right college. In this series, we cover everything from building your college application list, the transfer process, and making the most of a campus visit, to understanding costs, the financial aid process, and how to make your college decision. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Basilico, Vice President for Enrollment Management at New York Tech, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Karen Vahey, Dean of Admissions and Financial Aid. As always, nice to be with you today, Karen. Always nice to be with you, Joe. We have a great day lined up. We've got two guests joining us today, and I'd like to introduce them, Tom Shea and Marcel Hicks. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, Tom and Marcel. Hello there, and thank you for joining us. My name is Tom Shea. I'm the Associate Director for Undergraduate Admissions here at New York Tech, and I'm very excited to be spending some time with you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us, Karen and Joe. I'm Marcel Hicks. I'm the Senior Director for Admissions here at New York Tech. Great. Welcome. And and you've both been doing admissions for a few years. And how, how long have you been in admissions and working at Tech? So now I've had the pleasure of uh, being here for five and a half years and good years, good years. Wow, that's great years, Tom. (laughs) I've been in admissions for about 17 years or so, and I've been at tech for four years. So all, all good years, as Tom said. Awesome. Well, today we're going to talk about the sophomore-junior search process. If you're a sophomore-junior in high school or or you're a parent of a high school student and you're wondering about the college search process, this is the podcast for you. So that's, that's the goal of today's podcast. Everyone on board with that? Yep. Definitely. Absolutely. So, Tom, uh, we hear all the time the college search process feels overwhelming to families it's one of the reasons for this podcast. Uh, really, we, we're trying to reduce stress levels, increase their knowledge, do some myth busting along the way. What advice would you offer to sophomores and their families that may just be entering the search process and those juniors who are already in the thick of it? You know, the first thing you said really sticks out to me, the point that a lot of parents, students especially, find themselves overwhelmed by the process. So what I really like to preach to, you know, students getting started is to realize you're in the driver's seat here. Embrace the process. Enjoy the process. This is going to be, you know, going to college, a culmination of hard work that you've put in throughout these high school years. And it's important to remember that there are many colleges and universities out there for you, and one's going to be the proper fit. So when you're taking it from an introductory standpoint, Point, you really want to make sure you're you know, starting the search from not only a, a major fit, is this school going to have what you're looking for academically, but also from a social and financial standpoint. You also want to make sure you're getting familiar with what the school is all about. What is their mission statement? What are they hoping to equip their students with when they come into their school and eventually walk through their doors and they're finished with a degree? Um, You also really want to make yourself aware about different aspects in terms of the location. You know, what are their majors focused on? Um, Different things in terms of those regards that are going to help you get more familiar with the process. And once again, you're in the driver's seat. So it's important to look for the specifics that are going to make you want to pick a school, especially when it comes to things outside of the classroom, aside from academics as well. So many aspects to it, but really you want to start putting together a list and doing some research from a location standpoint and a major's fit standpoint. And honestly, it also works to have a really open discussion with your family. You want to be realistic about your goals, what you can afford, if you want to go away, if you're able to go away, things like that. So that's a great starting point. And just don't be overwhelmed. Don't be afraid. It's, it's a good process and an enjoyable one to go through. You know, I think about my own college search, which was many years ago now, but uh, Joe, you were through the process not too long ago. Marcel and Joe, you you both have children that will be going through the process 
shortly um, or within a few years. Joe, how did you prep for your son's search? And Marcel and Joe, what are some of the strategies you'll be implementing when it's time to search for colleges for your own children? Yeah, well, for, for me and my, uh, my family, the first thing we did was think about programs that he was interested in. So obviously, if the school doesn't have the program, it's not going to work. So that's the first thing is looking at programs of study. The other thing is, Reno, remembering these are 17 and 18-year-old young adults that today they might be interested in one academic program and later on something different. So don't narrowly focus on one program. We looked at schools that had multiple programs. So for interest, if you're interested in accounting, you may change your mind or not find it very interesting. Do they have something else for you like finance or yeah, who knows, maybe it's something totally different, but make sure the school has multiple programs that someone would be interested in. That's one of the things we did. As Tom mentioned, you know, we compare different types of schools, large schools, and the benefits they offer versus smaller schools and the benefits they might offer. We'll talk about this a little bit later, but we visited um, schools, uh, which I think is really important. And, you know, to gather information, we searched websites, we reviewed brochures, we spoke to uh, families who uh, had attended different schools, and ultimately we developed manageable list of schools to work with. I would say that's sort of like phase one of the search process. And that's really sort of the good starting point, I think, to get yourself to a manageable place. And so I think for me, I'm just a little bit more removed um, in the process, but just some of the simpler things I do, you know, my son loves to play with Legos. So I talk to him about, hey, you know, why do you like this? And and what is it that you want to do? You know, you're building a building. How do you, you know, think about this in the future? Um, and it's just starting to introduce a conversation in simple ways that, you know, when he gets a little bit older and we're ready to have that conversation about college and where you want to go to school and what you want to study, it's not something so foreign to him that the concept is com- he's completely lost in it, right? He can just go back to those smaller conversations that we had when as you know, as he was playing or as he was younger, and talk about and think about what that means as he's going through the process. So I'm kind of planting little seeds as we go along and trying to nurture that in him. You know, as a first-gen college student myself, when I visited a college campus, that was my first time at that college campus. And it was the first time I had the experience of even seeing what that looked like. So for him, I want to start with baby steps with this ultimate goal and master plan of getting him to where he wants to be and really try to give him some tools along the way so that he can um, ultimately drive this decision. And, you know, even though I work in, in higher ed, I don't want this to be about me, right? I want this to be about him. And so really just trying to take baby steps along the way to help guide him as he progresses. And, you know, we ultimately get to that point in time. That's really helpful. And for anyone who's interested, we will have uh, another podcast on conversations with parents of current NYIT students. So I'm really looking forward to speaking with our parents and hearing about their experiences. Now, we know there are a couple of different ways to apply to college. Tom, can you talk about our families might know about the Common Application, our online application? What should they be using? What is the Common App? All of that. 
Absolutely. And it's really important to, you know, make sure you're aware of those different applications that are out there for you and what different schools are requiring. So, you know, once you've worked your way through and you've started thinking about a list of these schools that you're going to apply to and you're very interested in, you want to, you know, familiarize yourself with where can you actually submit these applications. I'll start with the Common App. That's the most common application that's being used these days. It's, you know, almost, I won't say at every school, but a large majority of schools are using it and making it available to students. It also is going to make your life a a lot easier if you're planning on applying to several schools, I would say, you know, probably five or more. So you want to familiarize yourself with if the school is going to accept the common app, there are certain situations where there's going to be another application that you might need to use, it might be through a centralized system, such as the SUNY or CUNY system, where they run apps slightly differently. And then there's different schools that are going to have personalized apps through their website directly that need to be filled out for consideration. So, you know, you don't need to necessarily stress yourself with becoming an expert on each one, but you do want to make sure that you're aware of what school, what each school is asking of you and making sure that you're providing those details. And remember that the application, you know, process is going to be starting officially when you're going into your senior year, but it's never too early to know what you're going to do. Thanks, Tom. And as a Common App member institution, we reiterate that we'd have no preference, Common App or own app. What are the elements of a, a typical application, whether it's Common App, our app, SUNY, CUNY? Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. And yeah, it's a great point. Regardless of the application, you're going to be working with a lot of the same materials and a lot of, you know, the same guts here. So, you know, when you're coming out of high school, we're going to need a high school transcript from all students. And that's going to be common regardless of the application that you're using. Another big thing is letters of recommendation. Okay, so keep in mind here, you want to be aware of how many letters of record the school asking for? Are they asking for letters from specific people that aren't just teachers, things such as that? And I also would very much advise you to make sure you're submitting the recommended amount of letters that each school is asking from you. The other thing to keep in mind is test scores. You know, make sure you're aware of whether a school is test optional, test blind, or what they're requiring from that standpoint so you're on top of things. And then the college essay is another very large component of your application that sometimes gets overlooked. Keep in mind with a lot of schools now taking on test optional, test blind, the essay is going to play an even larger factor than normal. It's an opportunity to have your personality shine through. You want to take advantage of that. Yeah, Tom, the application process can be a little confusing for families, but that, that's great information. Uh, you know, when they're going through the process, they're going to hear terms like early action, early decision, rolling admissions. We use a lot of phraseology in higher education. Can you explain what some of the terminology is? Oh, yeah. And like you said, Joe, you know, if, if you weren't having fun getting through the just different types of applications first, then you're really going to enjoy, you know, diving through the different kinds of deadlines and things such as that. And once again, that's where I say you don't want to get stressed. You want to embrace this process and realize that, you know, everything is put in place for a reason. So when we're talking about these different options for you, you want to start with early action. So that's a non-binding decision. And that's something you I want to stress non-binding because the next option we're going to talk about afterward is binding. Early action gives you the opportunity to get your application in the early pool of applicants in consideration. You'll get a decision ahead of the regular application pool, but it won't force you to take any other action in terms of you won't need to you know, commit to that school, you won't need to withdraw any other applications, basically everything else moves forward at a standard rate, you're just going to have more time to reflect on your decisions. 
when we're talking about early decision now, this is a binding option for you, okay? So what does that mean? That means if you know for a fact this is the school for you, this is where you want to be, that's where you're going to consider some early decision options because you submit it in your early applicant grouping. And if you are admitted, you're committed to that school, you're moving forward, and you're withdrawing your applications from all other schools, okay? So very much important to be cognizant of that, but something to take advantage of you know of the school that you want to be at for sure. Switching aside from that, you also have the regular application pool and rolling admissions. So standard application pool just means you're going to be following the deadlines that are provided by each unique school. And then once you receive your decision, hopefully you're admitted, you're going to then have the standard timeline usually up until May 1st to make your decision. Now, some other schools such as New York Tech offer rolling admissions, which means we're reviewing applications as they come in and we don't have a cutoff date for when applications can be submitted except for certain programs. And the same situation applies where you have the standard deadline to meet, unless obviously you're accepted after the deadline, then you're provided with a few weeks after that to make a decision. Yeah, thanks, Tom. I said earlier that doing a lot of the research was phase one of the search process, and then you, you start to make your applications do the financial aid. It's sort of phase two of the process, right? Where now you're really getting down to the nitty gritty and making your decision. And so it's important to understand the the different uh, options that are available. You had mentioned uh, standardized test scores. So Marcel, maybe we could shift the discussion to standardized testing for a second. Yeah, sure. Most people know the two, the two major exams, right? The SAT and the ACT exam. And the pandemic has brought on a significant amount of changes to how schools are using these exams. I looked up some data according to FairTest, the National Center for Fair and Open Testing, they say that 80% of the roughly 2,300 four-year colleges aren't requiring the exam for high school students in the graduating class of 2022. And this is a seismic shift in, this, in the use of standardized tests. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I, I know we hear concerns from parents all the time about standardized testing. You're absolutely right, Joe. I think um, what has happened is between accessibility, just availability, things have shifted across the board in how testing is being used in the application process. And I think what's important to understand is, though, to your point, um, more and more schools are taking it out of the process entirely and making it optional. I think it's important for students and parents to understand that there are some parts of the process where it does still play an important role. So it's important to take the time to understand which institutions you're applying to, um, and what it is that they're looking for. And when I say it still plays an important role, in some cases, it does factor into scholarship awards. So if you are applying to an institution um, that is using testing as part of your merit award function, you want to be sure to be prepared, right? So you want to take the tests with enough time so that you're able to get those scores in when you submit your application. And Yes, more schools are moving away from testing, but there are still some schools that are utilizing it. So to be fair, you want to just do the research. And I know we've all said, you know, research is probably the biggest component of this first phase of the application process and just in consideration of how you want to move forward. This is the key component, I think, in understanding what your next step should be. And for schools that are test optional, um, I know there's a lot of confusion about what test optional actually means, right? It's really important to understand that 
What that means is if it makes your application better, if it's only going to make your application stronger, you should submit those testing scores, right? And pay attention to the websites for all the schools that you're interested in. They usually outline all of those pieces. You know, for example, if you go to New York Tech's website, we've got our test optional policy listed right there for students. And we even give students the option to say, hey, I'm not really sure if this is best for me, but I want your help. So I'm going to let New York Tech choose which is the best way to go. And they'll send us our test, uh, their test scores, and then we'll make the best decision for them. So a lot of schools will approach it differently. But I think the, the biggest piece here is just to be aware, pay attention to the application itself. Uh, most schools will list their testing requirements on the Common App if that's the option that they're using. State schools will list it right on their websites and on their applications too. So the information is out there. Um, Another good resource are your school counselors. So be sure to touch base with them because they can definitely give you some more insight and guidance as you're going through the process. Right. And so schools can be test blind, right? And what, what does that mean? They, they don't want the test scores at all. They are not using them in any way. Correct. So they will say we're test blind, which really means you don't need to send them in. And if you are still confused about which option you should go with, I would definitely recommend reaching out to the school itself. um, So you can get some more direction. Um, And, you know, In the admissions office at Tech, we do one-on-one appointments with students. So we will sit and meet with their families um, and meet with students and walk them through the application process. And many other schools do that as well, uh, you know, both virtually and in person. So definitely want to make the time and take advantage of those resources that are available to you. Yeah. And I guess the, the last thing is that even though a school may say they're test optional, there's test optional. And then there are test optional um, schools that that have programs that will require standardized test scores. We need to reach out to schools, counselors, just to make sure, right, parents are understanding. Yeah, it's so important to do the research part. Um, You know, I I mentioned New York Tech and our um, test optional policy being available on our website. And so we are test optional for most of our programs, but some of our programs still still do require testing. And so that's why it's so really important to take a minute, read through what's listed for some of those policies and make sure that you're understanding, um, you know, exactly what it is the institution is asking you to provide. So while a school may be test optional for most of their programs, definitely for some of them, they may still require it. So again, a lot of, um, A lot of us, you know, with this research piece, but you really understand the value of having that research and taking the time to vet the schools that you're really interested in applying to and making sure that you understand what it is they're looking for. I'm really glad you reiterated that, Marcel and Joe. I had a conversation really uh, recently with one of our faculty members who's going through the search with her two daughters. And she said, I know these schools are test optional, but they're really not test optional. And it just reminded me of so many articles I've read about how transparent higher ed institutions are about their test optional policy. And so if we have any higher ed professionals listening to our podcast, please make sure you are as transparent as possible. This is a confusing process, and I don't think it's necessary to further the confusion. And Marcel, you did mention that some programs require test scores. So I, we've still got a few of those at, at Tech, right? 
We do. There's still a few that require test scores, and usually it's some of the more selective programs. So if you take a look, um, so for example, our program that's uh, accelerated where students are able to pursue ultimately a doctoral degree in physical therapy um, with a path from their undergraduate program, that program requires testing. Our nursing program requires testing. So um you know, while I say most of our programs are test optional, that's the piece. And it's just, you know, I, I can't drive this home enough. It's just important to do the research and connect with the school so that you're able to get the information that you need so you can make the best decision that's there for you. Now, some of the process of applying to college can be fun. Marcel, you talked about visiting some college campuses. So Tom or, or even Joe in your experience, Marcel, can you talk about a little bit about that part of the process? Yeah, visiting campuses, I, I find that to be the most exciting part, right? You've done all of this research. You've probably been on the website a million times. You can close your eyes and click the link and find where you need to be. But when you set foot on a campus, it's like everything comes to life, right? When you get there, you see all of the buildings, you see the people, and it's not just the buildings, right? You're also envisioning what it would be like for you as a student when you're there for four years and going to class and, you know, what is it going to feel like when I sit in this dining hall and I grab that slice of pizza between my classes? It's just really, um, really important to, to take advantage of those opportunities for visiting and using them as best to your advantage while you're there. And also besides the campus visit, there's other ways to come in contact with different school counselors. Besides the school visit, what can families do to uh, come in contact with people? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important now as a student to realize that you have actually more options than ever. And, you know, part of what's happened, the world's obviously changed these past couple of years is now there's more virtual offerings than ever. So you combine that with in-person and, you know, we're talking about campus tours. We're talking about what a lot of schools will call information sessions, discovery days, one-on-one appointments with admissions counselors. Eventually, you know, as you get further in the process, events specifically for admitted students here at New York Tech, we're doing all those things. We have, you know, virtual appointments. We have virtual information sessions, in-person discovery days as well. So you got to take advantage, check out, you know, what all these schools are offering and make sure you're coming in with a plan to take advantage of these events and, and get some knowledge. You know, to, to shamelessly plug our podcast series, we have another podcast about admitted student events and taking advantage of them. So, so stay tuned for that. Kind of wrapping up our podcast today and and thinking about next steps. If if uh, we have some sophomores or juniors listening or their parents listening, what should they be doing? Um, or what are the next steps for them over the next few months? So I think it's really just understanding what it is that you want, right? Start thinking about what you want to do when you go to college. What do you want to study? Where do you want to be? Do you want to be close to home? Do you want to go far away? Um, you know, find programs that you might be interested in. What are their requirements? Do they need test scores? Just really start having those conversations and thinking about what you want to do with your college experience and think about how that's going to play into, you know, things that you and your family are able to do um, when it comes to costs, because I know that's the next big piece that that you should probably start thinking about now as you're going through, um, you know, pulling your list together and getting that final perfect list down. 
And a reminder that October of their senior year, the FAFSA becomes available, so don't delay that. And Marcel, if our families or prospective students had any questions about this podcast or applying to tech or just general admission and financial aid questions, how will they find you and Tom and the rest of the admission team? You can find us right on our website, nyit.edu slash admissions. You can find all of our contact information. Just select the find your counselor option, and we are ready, willing, and able to help. Fantastic. Thanks. Uh, Karen and I want to thank our guests, Marcel Hicks and Tom Shea, today for sharing this great, great information with all of us. Uh, I hope that uh, prospective families will get a lot out of this information. Uh, the next steps were helpful. And uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great day. Say goodbye, folks. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Take care.